is Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. He's the GM, Floyd Reese, Titans and Chiefs on Sunday. Alabama LSU uh, on Saturday. We really did not talk about the Predators collapse yesterday in the second period. We were going to, and then we started arguing a little bit too much. But, wow, what a collapse by the Predators. So go ahead and put that as the fourth thing you don't want to see is another second period like last night at any point the rest of the season. Yeah, I was shocked by that going back and forth, and it seemed like every time it was close, thought we were in great shape, and then well, I don't know what happened. But I turned once, and it's, you're behind by three, and then go back, and you're behind by four, and it got worse and worse. So. Did you hear what? Did you hear how long Peter Laviolette's press conference was after the game? No. 30 seconds. 30-second <laughs> press conference for the old coach last night. So there's that. Titans Chiefs on Sunday. It's 5 o'clock on a Friday on a Fireball Hot Take Friday, which means it's time for Floyd's three things. Three things he wants to see, three things he does not want to see on Sunday at Nissan Stadium against the Chiefs. And, of course, we start with the three things he wants to see. Number one. First thing for me is we are going to have to do a great job on first downs. And the reason I say first down is because – we have to have a chance on third downs to continue with possession, to to get ourselves in a position where we can convert some of those third downs. If we don't, we go first and 10, second and 10, or worse, we're going to be in trouble because we're not going to be able to convert some of those third downs that we're going to need to, which means now they get the ball back and thus the, the vicious cycle starts. I think, too, on top of that, as far as adding up, you know, how important first down is there, the short passing game, I do wonder how effective that's going to be and how much not having Corey Davis in there may affect this. Well, and the reason I said first downs is it it doesn't have to be a rundown. I mean, uh, I don't – and and the short passing game can be a critical part of that. And it may help the run game if, in fact, they change some of that up. Um because we're going to you know we're going to need to hold on to the ball and if we don't get something on first downs so that we can make it second and 6 minus then it's going to be a long day so however whatever we do on first down and I'm not saying hey we got to run 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 I'm not saying that I'm saying that we've got to do something to be productive on first down well you know what you said earlier in the week right what's that more carries for Deion Lewis Yeah. (laughs) Number two. Second thing for me is this is going to take, going to have to take the the best overall team focus that we've seen all year long, because we are going to have to understand that you know it is winnable. We're going to have to understand how we're going to win it. And we have to preach that. And we have to, you know, be so so laser-focused on what it is that we're trying to do that we don't care about anything else. If I'm a corner and I'm supposed to cover one of these receivers and I do a good job of covering them downfield, I cannot relax. I cannot look back for the quarterback. I cannot be distracted by anything going on. You've got to cover that guy. If I'm a defensive end and I'm the the uh, the contained rusher, I have to stay outside. I have to contain. All of those little things will add up and kill us if we're not careful. 
number three. Third thing for me is we're going to have to create some some scoring opportunities. We're going to have to find a way to to lie, cheat, steal, whatever it is, some points. And I mean more than just field goals. We're going to have to, you know, fake punt it. We're going to have to fake field goal it. We're going to have to halfback pass it. We're going to have to reverse it. Whatever it takes for us to get some some cheap touchdowns. And if we can get a cheap, you know, 10 points, that may be the difference in the game. So we're going to have to go in there with the attitude that, hey, if we think we're just going to run, 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 go down, kick a field goal, be in good shape, we are not. So I agree with all of that. And and I would say this, you know, the kooky Vrabel wanting to go for it all the time, this game, I'm not sure I, I will get upset if he does it. I mean, like, if he does something stupid at the end that just, just you know, butchers the clock, then, yeah, I'll, I'll lose my mind. But if this is like, hey, fourth and three at the 37 to start the game, screw it. Okay, I'm fine with it. Go for it. You know, because you can't, you're not going to win this game by punting and kicking field goals. Not against this team. And so this is the one where I, I'm i okay with saying, Mike, you want to go for it on fourth down? Do it. And I'm not going to criticize you, even if it is a pitch back to Deion Lewis, which I would in, drive me batty. I will not disagree with the decision. Now, again, the pitch backs to Deion Lewis, I'm not sure I really love. But, again, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that this – remember when Byard threw the touchdown on the fake punt to Crookshank last year against Houston? It, it's that kind of game. There you go. Three down. Three things Floyd doesn't want to see. Number one. Big plays. I mean, we cannot give up any big plays. And, uh, and that means all areas. Sacks, strip sacks. Um, for sure, long balls, uh, long runs. They got a, you know, this running back got a 91-yard run last week. So all big plays have to be eliminated. Boy, that is a tall order. Yes, it is. Team. I mean, that's not like, you know, last week I think you said the same thing before Carolina, and I'm cool with that, except, I mean, again, I'm I'm cool with that, but McCaffrey had the one big play that broke your back. That week when you said it, I'm like, yeah, they could do that. This week, I don't know if they'll be able to avoid all yeah. big plays. Well, and, and again, I don't – you know, the big plays aren't necessarily with this team, aren't necessarily finely tuned, finely uh, executed plays as much as it's quarterback breaks contain, which he shouldn't do. Now he's outside the pocket running around with the ball – and the receivers that you thought you had covered for that three or four seconds are now running down the field as fast as they can on their own. And he sees them, and he throws the ball to them, and you're behind seven or nothing. So that's what we have to eliminate, those kinds of plays. Number two. Second thing is we've got to some way, somehow, slow down or eliminate the tight end. Kelsey was on his way last year to killing us. Or two years ago, the playoff game. Technically, you are correct because that playoff game was played in 2018, the calendar well, year 2018. Yeah. So you, I will give that to you, yes. But he, the last time we played him, I mean, until he was knocked out of the game, I mean, we had we had no prayer. And it was like Michael Jordan making everybody else on the court a threat at the same time. Yeah, and and he's going to he's gonna be the same way. I mean, he's the same way now. So... I mean, we're going to have to invent a way, and I don't know what it is, but but uh, what is that like the caller? Dean, Dean is smart enough 
that he'll have a way, you know, whether you double him with a safety and a linebacker or whatever the case may be, but we have got to find a way to slow him down. Was that like the caller that called in earlier today asking if you would go for Mahomes' knee or something like that? Yeah. Uh, let's not do that, no. although Kelsey getting hurt was the best thing that happened to the Titans in that playoff game. Number three. Third thing for me is uh, our cover teams are going to have to be really, really good simply because. Like the punt and kick team? I don't know. Yeah, the kick and cover teams because they will put Hill back. And, and you know, even though I have great confidence in our kicker, our punter, I have great confidence. I, I'm not sure I have that caliber of confidence in the cover team Mm -hmm. and so they are going to have to be special especially if he's back there someplace they've got all those guys that that can return punts i'm guessing are all guys that are jets and if you let them get started you know you'll never catch them same thing with kickoffs and you know the best thing to do there is just kick it out of the ballpark and then you don't have to worry about it um, but we don't know what the weather's going to be. We don't know what the wind's going to be. We don't know that kind of stuff. So we may not have that opportunity, in which case we're going to have to cover our butts off. And can this kicker kick out of the end zone right now? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know if he can. And I'm not, you know, my number one thing I don't want to see, missed kicks. My number two thing, bad coaching decisions for Mike Vrabel. Those are the two things I'm just praying for. I mean, it, honestly, Vrabel's coaching decisions may not matter uh, in this game like they didn't matter in the last game. I sent out a tweet uh, the other morning uh, or Sunday morning because obviously I was traveling back from a wedding in California. It wasn't on the pregame show. And I sent out a tweet that was like, I am uh, not doing the pregame show because I'm in California, but I do pray to the football gods that they are with Mike Vrabel on every fourth down and two-minute decision that he has to make today. And uh, Vrabel didn't have a problem with that. Unfortunately, he didn't have a problem with that because – they were getting their butts beat. So there you go. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Coming up next, from a GM perspective, how important is tomorrow's LSU-Alabama game for deciding where these two may go in the draft? We'll discuss. Jared and the GM, as we're live from the wholesaling studio powered by RumbleOn.com. Authentically American. That's what we wear. That's right. Every time we're out and about, we've got our 1025 The Game jackets on. It's authentically American. 20% off with the promo code Jared. That's my name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for 20% off at AuthenticallyAmerican.us. Authentically American is already competitively priced with what you're buying. Did you know that only 3% of Americans wear Made in the USA? That's why I'm glad that we wear Authentically American here. I got the sweat ink. I got the scrubs. I got everything from Authentically American. That's right. Polos, jackets, you name it. I got it. You need to wear it. It's so comfortable. It fits so well. And I love it so much. I told my dad, I said, got to get some stuff for you from Authentically American because it is the bomb. So not only are they about American jobs and American workers because they want American products, but it's all about that made-in-the-USA quality, plus 10% of all sales go to veteran and first responder charities. That's Authentically American, online at AuthenticallyAmerican.us, AuthenticallyAmerican.us, promo code Jared for 20% off. That's Authentically American, the next iconic brand that is truly American-made. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, again. Let's talk about that briefly here. Are these quarterbacks in this draft the kinds of prospects, at least at this point in the evaluation, that... I know how much you hate the word tanking, but that teams might be considering throwing in the towel for that are that kind of transformational kinds of talents. 
No. Uh, right now, I'd say all three are kind of vying. It's a three-horse race. All three are vying to be that guy. Everybody thought it was guaranteed to be Tua. That's not the case because of Burrow's ascension up that board. And Justin Herbert's coming off a phenomenal game against USC. He has more talent than any of the other two or any quarterback in this draft or in the last 20 years. Herbert has that kind of ability. Now, he's not to the level of some of these other guys in terms of instincts and awareness, but talent, he has it. So there's three quarterbacks all still being evaluated for that top spot. And then there's Chase Young, the great pass rusher from Ohio State. So right now, Young's the best player in the draft, Greeny. The quarterbacks are right off him. But if you need a quarterback, you're going to take one of these three. Will be the first pick probably in this draft. And like I say, this LSU game against Alabama will have a lot to do with that. And certainly Herbert moving forward will be in this equation as well. There you go. Mel Kuyper talking about the quarterbacks drafted. Tua versus Burrow. The sequel, Tua versus Burrow tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, two thirty on CBS. Now, Floyd fans, I believe the Heisman Trophy might be decided tomorrow. That if one of the two guys just has an incredible game and his team wins, that that may be the the quote unquote Heisman moment. What would be really funny is if one quarterback has an incredible game and his team loses, and the other quarterback plays okay but nothing special. Then would that like bump Joe Burrow's Heisman status up, or would it knock it down because his team lost? And and I don't know the answer to that. But if you were a GM, and let's say you're the GM of the Dolphins, because you would never be GM of the Bengals, even though the Bengals may have the number one overall pick. So let's say the GM of the Bengals. You're a GM, and you are thinking about quarterback, and these are two guys you're really thinking about. How much does how they play tomorrow affect their draft stock for you as a GM? Well, assuming everything else is equal, every single thing is equal, then it might have a little bit of an effect. But generally speaking, there aren't things that are all equal. Mm-hmm. And consequently, the, the you know, the game or, or, you know, score or any of those kinds of things are not a factor. Now, how well you play in a pressure game might be a factor, you know, and not... Not necessarily looking at numbers and things like that, but just you know how com- how's what's your composure like? What's you you know how do you see things? How do you react things? All that kind of stuff. Um, more than you know, just well, I was you know twenty five out of thirty for four hundred yards. Well, I don't care about that. But it, but is this the kind of game where you as a GM could say you know the moment I knew I loved Joe Burrow was when they were down thirteen on the road in Tuscaloosa. And he let him back. And he hit the outside throw. He hit the inside throw. And he made a couple of plays. But the determination he had down 13 on the road at Tuscaloosa and not folding. You got to be special to be down 13 nothing on the road in Alabama and come back and win the game. Like, could, could something like that win you over as a general manager? I don't, again, I mean, everything would have to be so equal across the board that this swayed the the balance one way or the other. Like, there's a good chance you yeah. already have your mind made up between oh, yeah. these two guys before yeah. you even flip on the TV. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a quarterback, and now it may be a little bit early right now, but by the end of the month, you'll have, like I said, your draft board will be up, and you'll have these guys rated and ranked, and, and they'll move around, and they'll change. But, I mean, you have a pretty good feel for who you like and who you don't and why. I just don't know how a game of this magnitude – for example, this will be the best defense Burrow plays all season, assumably, right? Assumedly, assuredly, whatever. 
You can assume this will be the best defense that Joe Burrow plays all season, right? I think we're assuming that, yes. Okay. How could a pro day where he's throwing against air to rehearsed receivers have more – how could that matter more, how he throws the ball in a pro day, than how he would throw the ball on the road at Tuscaloosa against Nick Saban in Alabama? I can't believe that that you would look at – I mean, to, to me, this could be a huge game for Burrow. Like, because Burrow's making his way up the boards, right? The way he's played this year compared to how he played last year. And that's a red flag for a GM or a scout to say, wait a minute now. Why was Burrow not this last year? And why is Burrow this this year? But if Burrow goes to Tuscaloosa and lights it up and makes Saban look like a dummy, I mean, that to me is an eye opener where you're like, whoa, now Joe Burrow might be something special. Or no. Well, I think if if you are saying that about Joe Burrow, you're probably saying that today. You know, because he's he, you've seen him play what? How many games they played? Seven, mm-hmm. eight, eight games. You've seen him play the majority of a season already. So if you really really like him, you you really really like him on some of these games he's already played. Now, if he goes in here and and has another good day, I think you're okay. You know, that's a typical day for him. Now, if he were to go in and just completely bomb, you know, throw six interceptions and, you know, just go, then that may influence you a little bit. But, but you know, it's, it's again, you know, did the receivers drop him? Who, how, pressure, were they blitzing him? Were they whatever? Would you go to this game if you were a general manager? You know, I probably would, just because it's... Just because you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> just because you're like, you know what? Such this is number game. one versus number oh, two. Yeah. Maybe one of the best games the last five years. And it was close enough. Uh, you, know, you know, it's a drive, okay, drive down, down to, to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah. It would be easy. Now, when you call down and you say, hey, I'd like to go to the game, and you're GM, do they roll out the red carpet for the GMs and, and stuff like that at this? Or is I it kind of like... Usually, they usually put us all together. How know, many so do you they, think there will be, if you had to guess? Um, Approximately. You know, probably... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know about an actual GM, but somebody high in the in the system, probably, probably twenty. I wouldn't 25. be stunned if J. Rob's there tomorrow. I mean, why not? You yeah. know, J. Rob's looking quarterback probably. Home game, yeah, this week. Yeah. J. Rob loves the Alabama players. We know that, and it's so close. You know, I mean, each team has like thirty-two draft eligible studs on their teams. I mean, there's no reason to not go. And the other part about it too that I absolutely love is. I think that's the football fan in the GM right there. When you said that you would probably go, like, because you know I'd probably go. That is like, even though you're a GM, and it's like, hey, when you GM, you don't watch games. You watch the the coaches tape, and you do tape all day, and you cut it up so you get third downs and red zone and this and that. That is the football fan in you. It's like, you know, if they gave me three tickets to the game, I'd probably take Sean and Jeremy. We'd probably go on down, get in the car, sit there, go watch the game. I do wonder, like, if you're a GM and you're not going to the game, and I know you're busy doing all kinds of stuff, is this game a big enough game, even for a football GM, that you're like, I want to watch Alabama LSU on TV? Like, I know you're, you're the GM and you're like, I know I'm playing the Chiefs tomorrow on Sunday, but... For three hours from 2.30 to 6.30, I'm watching Alabama LSU. Yeah, you know, if if you don't go, I mean, and you get a chance to, sure. I mean, but but you're probably not going to go out of your way to do it. You know, I mean, simply because you're going to get it all anyway. 
You know, you somebody at a point in time, you're going to say, what was the score? The score was, okay. Um, but, I mean, you know, you get all, uh, by Monday morning, I mean, you'll have this entire game. So. So he's not enough of a football fan to watch the game on TV. Well, but he's enough of a fan to go to the game, to go watch the guys, to get to feel for warm-ups, to sniff the air, to see if the prospects will respond. And that's a great place to watch a game. Tuscaloosa? I've actually never been. Oh, man, it's a great place. So all the pro football scouts just sit in the same box and watch it together? Oh, they sit in a press box with the media. They usually have a... A section that's like for scouts, uh-huh. uh, and then you know if they know the GMs, then they'll usually kind of stick the GMs together, you know, side by side. So you're all sitting there just at a big table. Hard to like, trade too many secrets there, I would suppose. I'll tell you what's crazy. <laughs> what's crazy is like at the Music City Bowl sometimes there'd be like four GMs, five GMs at the Music City Bowl. Oh yeah. I mean, I was outside. This is Music City Bowl. I talked to Mike McCagden for like 20 minutes about something one time. Like, oh, like, damn. Yeah, if you get if you if you um, have a, ga- a solid game, and especially if there's a couple of players that are pretty good, I mean, you'll find GMs all the time on the road. And if they're not going, they'll send their, you know, vice president of player personnel or director of player personnel or whatever, you know, whatever the next guy in the ladder is. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Coming up next, though, Justin Vincent, national championship winning LSU running back, now a radio host in Louisiana. He's in Tuscaloosa. We'll get with Justin. His thoughts. What does LSU? Because I I'm leaning towards LSU. Honestly, what does he think LSU has to do in Alabama? And of course, he played for Nick Saban. So we'll get to him. That's next. It's going to be an exciting game on Saturday. Jared, the GM. It's a Fireball Hot Take Friday. You know I love Fireball Sin Whiskey. That's right. In fact. Last time I was with Justin, we were toasting Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. That's right. We love Fireball, at least I do. And it goes down so smooth, and it tastes so great. That's right. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, it is the best. It's the best way to ignite your night. You need to give it a try. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, ignite the night. Please do it responsibly and be 21 years or older to enjoy. Again, that is Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. GM Fireball Hot Take Friday tomorrow, 2.30, LSU and Alabama. And I decided I wanted to get the the biggest expert, Floyd, we could get on the LSU-Alabama game. So I decided let's get an LSU national champion running back who also played for Nick Saban. I feel like that covers all of our bases, right? Pretty close. Justin Vincent joins us now. He's with LSU. He's in Tuscaloosa. So I know how excited everybody in the South is for this game, Justin. My question is, what is the excitement level for the LSU camp right now for this game tomorrow? Um, I don't think they're as excited as, as the fan base, but I think they're, they're, they're up for the challenge at hand, man. Uh, they prepared really well this week. I went to practice three or four times. Um, they look focused, man. Uh, the good thing about this team, I mean, there's a lot of chemistry. They know how good they can be. They know it's at stake. So I expect it to be a great game on Saturday. What I what I think is crazy about this game is only a handful of teams have gone into Tuscaloosa and beaten Nick Saban, and yet this team feels like they have it in them to be able to do so. What does LSU have to do in order to get over the hump of beating Alabama, not just beating them, but beating them in Tuscaloosa? You know, just stay uh, mentally focused, man. I think sometimes – these type of games get away from you emotion-wise. 
Um, there's a lot of buildup. Um, you know, you're, you're worrying about things that are not in your control. Uh, if they go out there and play the game that they've been playing for the last eight weeks, man, they have the best chances anybody in the country. Um, because over the last decade, man, this especially us offensively, we come into a game and everybody in the world knew what we were doing. We're basically playing with one arm time behind our back. Um, but it's not the case this time. LSU's throwing the ball way more than they've probably thrown over the last 10 years. So um, we present a different challenge to them. they got to prepare for us a little bit differently. And, and, and this is uh, this is going to be something – because the defense, I think, is going to play really well on both sides of the ball um, for us and Alabama. But I think us offensively can have a chance to turn the tide and dictate the way we want this game to go. Justin, along those lines, you've got a quarterback that has been lighting it up recently uh, that was also there last year and and didn't, you know, wasn't quite in the same class. But what what is the difference you see between last year and this year with that guy and maybe even with the receivers? Yeah, you know, well, I think the biggest component, man, is, is Joe Brady. Um, him coming in and, and – implementing the offense that that young man has ran from high school at Ohio State and here. Because when he first got here, we're still doing a little bit of the stuff we did the year prior to. Um, him uh, him showing up and, you know, line up 11 personnel, two tights in the middle of the field. It's so different now. Um, and with the receiving core, obviously they're young, but they're very inexperienced as far as playing goes, and they're making a bunch of a bunch of spectacular plays. I think with his confidence level, man, uh, Joe's not really a talker. He's kind of a, like a straight-up gamer. Um, and he is leading these young men, and, and they look at him like he is their father. I mean, you should see the, 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 the chemistry at practice, the enthusiasm. Because a lot of times, I mean, you've been there. You've been in the game for a long time uh, as a GM, and you go to practice sometimes, and you see people kind of going through the motions. They don't go through the motions. It seems like this is the first day or two days. Nobody's got hit yet. You know, there's always that kind of spunk, and I think that kind of fuels the fire for you guys. You have um, Alabama on one hand that, you know, a lot of football people would say, at least to start the season, they had the best group of receivers in the country. And then you look at your group, and and once again, all they've been doing is just lighting it up week after week. How How in your mind do you compare the two groups? Oh, man, I think they're almost identical. It's like looking in the mirror to a certain extent. Um, obviously, they got one of their guys who can really, really, really run. run. And uh, But as far as their playmaking ability, uh, runs great routes. Um, I think we kind of match up with them really well. Um, each one of the guys does something very special, but they all can catch the ball really well. Um, that is probably the biggest thing, um, especially for us. I mean, over the last, I guess you could say, forever, We've always had great receivers, and it was mind-blowing to me as a player and then when I was on staff to see how LSU was still getting all these top receivers in the country, and we weren't really throwing the ball. Now <laughs> we, we got the receivers, and we're throwing the heck out of the ball. Um, we got somebody to get it to them, so, man, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. Justin Vincent is our guest, former LSU running back, currently with LSU and also uh, doing radio down in Baton Rouge and played for Nick Saban when Nick Saban won the national title at LSU. And that's kind of the next spot I want to go is with Saban. What is it about him? If somebody on that LSU team were to go up to you and say, Justin, give me something I can go off of that Nick Saban might try to do or might try to surprise us with, 
what would that be, and what have you seen out of Nick Saban that makes him an X-factor in games like this? I mean, the moment is never too big for him. I mean, he treats he treats games like practice and practice like games. I mean, he's always the same person. I know sometimes for me when I catch myself watching him on TV, like in a press conference or something, I'm like, he's saying the exact same stuff he said almost 14 years ago and when he was at LSU. So, um, you know, Nick, I think he'll dial up some things differently uh, defensively for, uh, for Alabama because, as we all know, this is, might be – Alabama's most depleted front um, seven that they've had in the last decade. You know, with new guys up there, the linebackers hurt. So he's going to have to do some things differently. He can't just pin the ears back and come and come at us because we get the ball out of Joe's hands fast. I think most of our plays take a minute, a minute, maybe five or ten seconds to to. to uh, that's how fast we're running plays. So I think uh, he will try to do something differently. Maybe sit back in coverage, maybe some some cover two, some two man, or some three, and try to take those quick passes away but you know we got receivers that can run just like their guys too but I think he'll he'll try to he'll try to disguise and things like Auburn did and kind of slowed us up a little bit so yeah Nick is a student of the game man especially at his age and he uh he watches a lot of tape and I'm sure he's going to pull out something that's going to be uh, that we haven't seen before there's a there's most football experts in the country right now would tell you that these these could be the two best quarterbacks in the country playing um in this game, how do you how do you compare those two in your mind? I mean, I think they're a little bit different, and yet they're similar. Yeah, I mean, they both have a strong arm. They both can make the, the NFL throws. Um, uh, they have, um, I think, they are coached very well that allows them um, to play freely. And like I said before, Joe on, on one hand, in the offense last year, we weren't doing what he did. So I'm obviously sort of strong throws every now and then, but. Now you can actually see him being himself and something he's comfortable with. And the same thing with Tua. Tua's the same way. Tua has always been um, um, uh, strong. I remember him coming in in the SEC championship game and then the national championship game and him coming in and dropping a bomb to Devonta Smith. And it just seemed like they didn't miss a beat when they, when they took Jalen Hurts out. Um, I, I think Tua's a little shorter in stature, but he has a strong arm and, and they cater to him and, they both read defense as well, and they're quick on their feet. So I think for those two, man, uh, basically, uh, that's in my opinion, it's a 1A and 1B, and then you take whoever you want first. Justin Vincent's with his former LSU National Championship running back. I know that there's probably a lot of hate, obviously, between the two schools, Alabama-LSU, rivals for forever, big game every year. But as a former national champion, how much respect do you have and how much respect does the LSU program have for the Alabama program and vice versa? You know, you can't do anything but respect them. I mean, obviously, they've, they've, they've been at the roost for, for a long, long time now. Um, obviously, they got beat last year by, by Clemson, but, um, you know, Nick has went over there and implemented his, his style of program that he wants to do. Um, you either get with it or get left in, in, in his motto. Um, you can't do anything but respect the program. I think as far as the programs go, the respect is always going to be there. But sometimes the, the folks in Tuscaloosa can get a little bit crazy down here as far as the fan base goes. And, uh, <laughs> uh, they're just a, they're just a little bit different. I let some guys play through on the golf course today, and he was like, uh, he was like, "Hey, uh, have a re- good luck the rest of the round." And he's like, um, "You're going to need it tomorrow." I talk about the game. I said, "If I'd have known you was going to say that, I wouldn't have let you play through." <laughs> so, you know, it's always it's always something, man. Uh, but you know, it's all in fun and games, man. And, and, you can't do nothing but enjoy when people when people take pride in their uh, 
their school like that, and they want them to win, and, and it's, 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 it's what all college football is all about. Last one for you, Justin. What's your favorite Nick Saban story from your days at LSU? Oh, wow, man. We're not on, we're not on, uh, we're not on XM radio. I can't <laughs> tell you the ones I really want to tell you. But, uh, but no, man, he's, uh, he's always been a jokester. He's the type of he's the type of guy like if he was to um, you know to make you mad or to or to, or to or to jump on you or whatever he'll walk off and he'll come back about thirty minutes later and he'd be like you're not mad at me are you dog and he would try to crack these little corny jokes and he 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 is always a jokester but it's kind of hard to kind of relate that to the fans nobody really knows because they always see the the serious side him jumping down reporters throats and all that stuff but. But he's definitely a jokester, man. He's uh, he's someone that stays light on his feet. He tries to keep the players going uh, as, as far as the, the side stuff goes. But when it comes to ball, man, he's always about it. Justin, always appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping on. Big game tomorrow. And uh, we, we both need to see you back in Nashville soon. Definitely, man. I'm, I'm going to come back up there and, and, and see you guys, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, we'll see you, man. Thank you. Yeah, Justin Vincent, former national championship running back. At LSU, boy, he was part of a good tan. Him and Joseph Adai winning the national title for Nick Saban at LSU. And that was before Nick Saban was Nick Saban. But I'm going to guess, just based off of what Justin said and what I've heard from him in the past and what you've told me in the past, I'm going to guess Nick Saban was Nick Saban even then. Like, he wasn't Nick Saban to the fans. But I'm pretty sure that not much has changed between Nick Saban then and Nick Saban Oh, now. no. It's all the same. Same old... You know, it doesn't matter who he's coaching or, or what side of the ball he's coaching. He's going to coach it all the same. I did think it was funny when he said, I don't think I can say it if we're not on XM radio. You got a nice little chuckle. Because I think you probably got some of those Nick Saban stories, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Six-pack picks is coming up next. We're picking this game. We're picking Titans, Chiefs. It's all on the table. Jared and the GM, Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's time for my favorite segment each week, Six Pack Picks. Who you got and why? And, of course, we got two mega games to pick from, Titans, Chiefs, and Alabama, LSU. Ian, if Alabama, LSU is not on the list because Floyd has changed the rules so that neither of us are allowed to see the games before we pick them, which makes no sense because then we don't get time to think about why we're making our prediction, what we're making our prediction. But if Alabama LSU does not make the cut on the college game list, I will be very disappointed. Fair enough. (laughs) I'm going to guess Alabama LSU is on the list. You are correct. Okay, good. Let's get right to it. Six-pack picks. What are the records? What happened last week? Okay, last week. We do have – you were right. We do have a correction. You had picked the Raiders a couple weeks ago and not the Texans. Thank you. So you were 3-3, and so you were even going into last week. And I get to keep my time out and challenge. Floyd gained a game. He was 4-2 and last week. Four and two. He That's was a record. Good on the college games. Good got Georgia, Tennessee, and South Carolina, and then Houston for NFL. Missed the Colts and the Titans. And Jared, you picked UAB. So that yeah, was, was so that was your mix last week. So Floyd, UAB. I didn't pick him to win. I just picked him to cover the fourteen point spread. So a four and two <laughs> week for Floyd puts him at twenty seven and thirty five. And Jared, you are at three and three at twenty six and thirty six. Oof. So still one game back. But I'd probably need to get it figured out pretty soon around here. Let's do it to it. All right. Looks like ABC, 11 a.m., Penn State traveling to Minnesota 
and Penn State is minus six and a half. Who's first, Floyd? Uh, I'll go first, and I'll take Penn State. Uh, I think, you know, this Penn State's going to go through a series of some of these real tough games. Minnesota hasn't played anybody, and that's I think, concerns me as much as anything. Penn State has played some better teams, uh, and, and I thought I'm, I'm really kind of surprised it was six and a half. So I'll take... Uh, I'll take Penn State. Yeah, when Ian said six and a half and he started off with six, I thought he was going to say 16. Like, I, I thought that's where it was going to get. I mean, Penn State is probably not as good as Ohio State, but Penn State is a legit threat. I mean, they are a contender. Minnesota is having a nice season, and maybe they'll develop into something. I don't know. But they're not a legitimate contender. They are not a big boy, and Penn State is and James Franklin is, and I'm going to go Penn State in this game. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, though. I mean, I, I think that for 11 o'clock games, it's a pretty good 11 o'clock game. Uh, but but I'm, I'm going to go with Penn State on this one just because they've been there before, and we know how tough Penn State is. All right. The second game we will have for our six-pack picks this week, the Vols going to Kroger Field to take on the Cats, 630 SEC Network, also uh, right here, ESPN 94.9 Game 2. And it looks like Kentucky minus one and a half, Jared. Oh, my God, Tennessee. I mean, the Vols are playing great. Kentucky is playing terribly. And, I mean, they, Kentucky didn't even have a quarterback. I mean, I, and I'm getting points here. I mean, I'm not getting a lot of points, but I'm getting points. I, I don't know how you could not pick the Vols in this. And, and this may be one of the more kind of underlying things that hasn't really been talked about a lot, and that is that the Vols have played some pretty good football for about the last three or four weeks. So uh, to me, I I think this is a no-brainer. I'm I'm going Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee, too. um, Kentucky is playing a receiver as the quarterback, you know. That's that's kind of the way they are. Although last time they played a receiver at quarterback, they beat Derek Dooley in Tennessee in 2010. Well, I think uh, I think that uh, I mean Tennessee is having trouble picking their quarterback as to who they want to play, but I still think they're going to. You know, I think the, the freshman will come in and play, and they'll be okay. Mauer? yeah. So I think uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee, and I, I just don't believe Kentucky's going to be able to do. They're going to run the read option every snap. You know? Oh, Kentucky's terrible. Stoops might get the uh, FSU job, by the way. All right, and that's the best game from the best conference this week. 2.30, the CBS uh, early morning. I think it's 11 a.m. coverage. We have crazy pregame, postgame coverage on ESPN 1025, the game for the Bama Radio Network. And Bama in this one is minus six, Floyd. And I'm going to go with Bama. Um, I know everybody's taking LSU. I I think this. I think... Burrow has never played in a game of this caliber. And and I'm a little bit concerned about what he's going to do with the ball. Uh, I think Alabama's defense will show up bigger and better than, than what we expect. And I still don't think anybody can, can work past the receiver and the quarterbacks at Alabama. I mean, they're just so good. and it's gonna, But it's going to be a great game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Uh, so I think it'll be fun to watch. To me, L-S-U. As Ed Orgeron would say, go Tigers! I think Joe Burrow 
And Floyd, I know, I understand your questioning of him. I think Burrow lights it up. I think this is going to be a wild up and down game. I'll go LSU 45, Alabama 41. I'll take LSU to upset Alabama. And the other question is, what about Tua's ankle? Because even though Tua will be back, how's he going to feel after having the ankle surgery? And so can Tua keep up with Burrow? I think this is going to be a wild and crazy game. But give me LSU 45, Alabama 41. Plus, I'm getting six and a half. Give me the LSU. And as Ed Orgeron would say, go Tigers. I'm excited about that. All right, moving on to the NFL this week. Should be a good Sunday night game, although I think Adam Thielen has officially been ruled out. Minnesota at Dallas, NBC, Sunday night, right here, ESPN 1025 of the game. And it looks like we have Dallas minus three. Jared. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to go Minnesota. I, I don't know. I'm just not in love with the Cowboys right now. And they're playing on a short week. And Minnesota's playing okay, even though they lost last week. I think the Minnesota defense will shut Zeke down. Enough. I'm going to go uh, Minnesota. And I'm going to go Dallas. Dallas is on a little bit of a roll. Minnesota, um, you know, I, I, I just don't believe Cousins is going to be able to do it. Cook's the, the chance they have is Cook has got to go in there and run for a ton of yards. And I think that, that Zeke and the troops will prevent them from having enough time to do that. So I'm going with Dallas. The Monday, Great Monday night game. Good Monday night game. I think this is our first Monday night game we may have picked this year. Finally, a good one. It doesn't involve the Browns. Let's see. Seahawks at 49ers Monday night on ESPN. And San Francisco is minus six. Floyd. I'm going to go with San Francisco. And... and Primarily because I, even though they're they're running the ball better than anybody in the league, they're going against a team that's running the ball really, really well. The the difference in my mind is going to be the defensive front for San Francisco. And the defensive front is for real, and I think uh, I think it's going to be harder for the quarterback to do some of the you know dance around, get outside, move around some of the things he's done in the past. Uh, to get open, to get the ball downfield. So I'm going to go with San Francisco. I'm going to take Seattle. I think Russell makes some plays. I'm getting six points here. I think it'll be a close game. Russell, this is going to be a great game, but I'll, I'll take Seattle. All right. Chiefs coming to town. Mahomes back, back in action, ready to go. Noon, CBS. And it looks like the Chiefs right now are minus six. I guess that starts me. I'll go Kansas City. I think this game, I think the Titans just don't have enough firepower. I don't think the Titans are disciplined enough to pull off an upset in a game like this. I don't think the Titans are talented enough. And I honestly don't think the Titans are well coached enough. And the Titans can't kick field goals. Kansas City 31, Tennessee 18. I think it's a blowout. I'll go Kansas City. And I'm going to go Kansas City too. I think primarily just because if it comes to a, a scoring fest, we're not going to be able to keep up, and that's going to be that's going to be the the issue. 
I don't think they'll break it out. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a giant win, but you know, if they get if they get ahead by seven. 10, I don't know that we could ever catch them. And we've seen games that are close kind of spiral out of control in the end where all of a sudden a game that was a close game late in the third quarter is a 42-24 final. That's something I could see with this. That's it for us. We're out of here. Back for the pregame show, 9.30, live from the George Jones with Chris Sanders getting you ready for Titans and Chiefs. Meanwhile, Chase and Teron Davenport, TD. That's coming up next. Jared and the GM. It's a Fireball Hot Take Friday.